Gentlemen, welcome back to the DWI Podcast. My name is PC Tunney, and possibly after WrestleMania, it could be once again Pizza Funny. We're not sure. Have no fear. It's just Rob eating a bowl of cereal <laughs> in the background. Um, let me get rid of this sound here. You know, here's a here's a, here's a a little thing people don't know. DP's usually doing the sound on this, so I don't usually have to worry about this while I'm doing the intro, and obviously I'm rusty because uh, this is not the regular intro, but this is not your regular DWI podcast either. We just, I, the guys I got with me, the chat we have on the Chairshot Radio Network, somehow, some way, we needed to talk about what happened today. And lucky enough for me, DJ and Rob from the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, it, it was pretty much their idea. I just kind of fell into it. And I was like, hey, I can record tonight. And then selfishly, I'm like, well... I'm posting it. It'll be a DWI, so no worries. But yes, DJ, Rob, welcome back to the show. I'm so glad we're doing this. I can't wait to get into the meat and potatoes here tonight. Good to be here, man. Always good. Always good time, man. Hey, always a pleasure doing a bit of a mindless wrestling post podcast invasion angle of the DWI. It's a dual cast, really. I mean, if you want a recorder, I'll send you a copy, and you can you can add another tally to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast as well. I mean, I'm I'm all for boosting that number as Isaac. It just looks better, right? Oh, hey, it's the it's the you know it's our hundredth episode. It's our three hundredth episode. I mean, my goal, DP and I have talked about this already, is we will at least do, you know, outside of extenuating circumstances, God forbid, we will at least do. 1,000 episodes of DWI before we decide whether or not we want to keep going. That's that's our goal, and we are 15 years away from that, maybe? 12? <laughs> 12 or 15. I don't even want to get into how long that's going to be. Rob and I may not live long enough to see that date for the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, because you know, as a, as a three-man unit, we've only been in existence for a little over two years. Uh, Rob and I are coming up close to three since the first time he and I got together when it was branded under a different name. And since we've been on the chair shot, which I believe was July of last year, we've been, we've been consistent weekly, you know, every week since then. So it's nice. If you can only miss like one or two, that means you're getting 50 a year. That's a pretty darn good pace. That's kind of where we're at. We actually started Mm -hmm. out for one year as a monthly podcast. Um, and so we actually have 12 more episodes that we didn't count <laughs> uh, because the weirdest thing was uh, we we became a show because the WWE Network came out. And I said to DP and the original third member of the DWI podcast, the Mike man, I said, why don't we do like a monthly book club because we can watch all the pay-per-views now, right? Like once a month, right. we'll get together at somebody's house. You know, uh, we'll talk about the, the pay-per-view of somebody's choice from old school that's on the network. And at the end of the show, we'll give a few current wrestling, you know, and then it just snowballed from there, man. But yeah, it's great. But Chairshot Radio Network, I mean, Mindless Wrestling Podcast, DWI Podcast. You got sports with hockey talk every week. Three-man weave is in and out. Chair shot NFL, we had you covered all season. We just did the Sunday uh, selection special for the NCAA. So look for more specials like that. Entertainment, of course, Bandwagon Nerds, you guys already know. I And I'll say it all the time. Bandwagon Nerds is easily um, 
one of, if not the best show on our network. It's such a fun show. It's really well done and it has a great collection of people. Um, not just the four or five guys you hear all the time, but there's three to four, at least other guys that are integral parts that step in when needed and come on and do a great job. But, you know, sports entertainment and sports entertainment, we got you covered. Rob, what else you got? You, you all, you got like 5 million other things besides not having, a, <laughs> besides not having a bronze calculator like I do, but what else you got going on? Okay. So I, I have my, well, I have my own podcast that I do. I started, started doing in 2020 during the pandemic because well, yeah, shit all else to do, to do right? Right. Yeah. Look, I'm <laughs> at home all day, every day. And yeah, it was, there just was nothing to do. So I figured, all right, well, it, now's the time. Might as well. So I started doing that. And I think the year before, I uh, I made a little Discord group to give some a few people a refuge away from the Twitter timeline. And DJ is one of the people. DJ and Jason were both in the group. So DJ and I started doing the mindless wrestling thing together. FM. After a while, we brought Jason in. And then what else do I do? I've been writing on my own website, robsgenius.com, since like, good grief, 2015. And and before that, I was writing long before that. Um, and, uh, and what else do I So that, that's still up and running. Uh, and Greg invited me to write for Chair Shot around 2017, 2018. So I'd start doing stuff there too. And um, is that everything? Yeah, I think that's everything right now. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to commit myself right now. <clears throat> I will be doing the staff picks for WrestleMania both fucking days. I'll do them both. Greg, Greg, Jeremy, I'll do both fucking days. Asshole. <laughs> no, actually, uh, it's going to be great. So look for that, uh, next week. And yes, Rob and Jason, you're, you're number one and two on the list. <laughs> All that's right. long-term storytelling right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, that's the that's the best kind of storytelling. If you and it look for uh look for a brand new episode of the Big Four coming out as well, uh, and us three and Dave uh, doing a couple different parts: Royal Rumble '89 and Mania Five. Um, and I think we're gonna add the watch along uh, to it for some of the main events, which you know we're stealing that from you. Sorry, Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Oh, that's fine. Right, we we didn't invent the watch along. I'd like to think we did a good one, but we didn't invent it. No, I'm just giving you credit there for kind of having that idea floating around in my head. I appreciate that. But it's a great idea. It's also more evergreen content, too, to cut out and, and play for different times. So that's a good thing. You're going to yep. find a lot of great stuff. Chairshot Radio Network. All right, we've shot this shit long enough. We are going to take a commercial break. And when we come back, oh, I got a soundbite. I can't wait to play. DWI 369, Chairshot Radio Network. DJ and Rob from the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. This is the DWI Podcast. We shall return. I guarantee it. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? Thechairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis. With attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. It's as simple as this. Just when they think they got the answers, I change the culture. off fans of the band and the song outside outside of okay well then 100 percent Bernie Reed the guitarist is a great follow on Twitter by the way there you go I like that actually yeah yeah my uh friend of mine like actually the guy I was in the business with his uh, Living Color plays Disney like once a year. They do like the Food and Wine Festival or something like that. And they've gone over there several times to see them. And he's met the band. And the guys were always real cool to him and him and his son. Shout out. Shout out right there. But yeah, it's become a wrestling song, though. 
like a lot of people that aren't even wrestling fans kind of know that that was used in there. Obviously, gentlemen, we're here to talk about the deleted social media rant by uh, <clears throat> CM Punk, correct? Yes. <laughs> I will read yeah, which it. Which I guess was precipitated by something <clears throat> that uh, Dave Meltzer said. In, in, somebody's going to have to like fill in the gaps here because I was at work when all this dropped. Yeah, I have no idea. Who, what's a, what is that? A melt? A what? Who is that? Melt? A patty melt. Oh, yeah. no. A patty melt and a seltzer. That's a meltzer. I didn't know they yes, reported it. That's her. a meltzer. Oh. All right. Mr. Word Salad. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Uh, this is. All right. Um, I got it. I got it. Oh, you got it? Okay. Oh, he's oh, got yeah. it up. I got it. Okay. Sigh. I wasn't cleared to come back to wrestle yet. Then plan was to wrestle at the pay-per-view. I sat and listened to Moxley's Rocky Three idea. I explained how I'd never seen a Rocky movie. Now, someone on Twitter was like, that's the most surprising thing that happened today. Punk never seen a Rocky movie? How in the fuck I... has a man his age never seen a Rocky movie? <laughs> he's okay. anti, He's anti. you know, uh, popular culture and everything, you know, whatever. Uh, I explained how I'd never seen a Rocky movie, and I thought the idea sucked, but if the boss wanted to do it, whatever. He said he wouldn't lose to me. I'd never experienced someone refusing to lose to me. I just laughed. I asked Tony if this was what he wanted. He said, yes, he's the boss. I said, okay, but I need to be cleared first. They kept saying it could just be a squash, so I didn't need to be cleared. I scoffed at that. My health is more important. Dave Meltzer is a... I don't know who that is. Dave Meltzer is a liar. Chris Jericho is a liar and a stooge. There were plans, but plans always change. But I'll never put a company above my health ever again. Go ahead, guys. This was your idea, you two. I don't YouTube. even know you guys... how and where to even start unpacking this. Like, okay, so it sounds like, you know, Mox, at least it, the way it sounds, Mox pulled the good old not going to work for me, brother. Um, and however this got, got put together... I, I guess what he was going for with the Rocky Three angle was, you know, you get your ass whipped in the first one, but you come back and and win the second one. I'm assuming that's what he was going for with that. I have no idea. I really wasn't yeah. kind of sure what Moxley's idea on most thing is. I I I thought maybe like someone bled in Rocky Three, so like <clears throat> he was like maybe we'll have some blood in this match. That was a joke. I don't know. Moxley. Were we going to kill off Mickey? What, what, what you, were we doing? What was the... Yeah. I don't know. Have you seen the YouTube thing? or the? Yeah, I think it was the YouTube thing where the guy was watching um, a Moxley match. And not only when he was watching the match did Moxley bleed, like he bled because he was watching the Moxley oh, match. Oh, yeah, yeah. The guy, uh, X3, he makes, these, he makes a lot of like little funny videos and stuff. Oh. And it was... Yeah. <laughs> he's like he's like all happy watching the match and then Moxley takes a, like a really whatever shot and, and he starts bleeding and he's like this and then he's like Oh jeez. Oh, yeah. So I I'm gonna start, I guess, this whole thing by saying I don't know who needs to hear this, <clears throat> but the pro wrestling world has moved on from CM Punk. Like and honestly, I think CM Punk needs to move on from pro wrestling. Are there people that would love to see him come back? Absolutely. You know, I'm not saying that nobody wants to see CM Punk again. PC Tunney wants to see him come back. PC Tunney wants him back on Monday Night Raw, and he wants him back on Monday Night Raw last week. You know, Phil, but, and, Phil and AJ have had a longstanding open invitation. Um, Phil trains just down the road. Um, anytime they want to, you know, hang out on the south side, my treat. We don't have to go out for alcohol. Uh, we, we can go to a couple different spots and hang out. You know, uh, Phil's had an open invitation for a long time. I, I've, I've, I've seen Phil wrestle in Wisconsin and, and met him a couple times. Not that he would know yeah. who the fuck. Not even know who the fuck I was. But we'll get to my opinion at the end. All right. I, Rob, lead us in here a little bit, because I think I know you're probably a little bit more in the know with this whole situation than I am. Like I said, I was at work when everything dropped and we got in, got involved in the chat. OK, so Meltzer, this started out with Meltzer. And God, I can't believe I'm actually doing a show about something Dave Meltzer started. OK, because um, well, one of the people on his board posted um, basically taking up. He just got taken up for punk and. Basically saying that people have done worse than the whole brawl out thing and why are people, you know, and all that type of stuff. And let's talk about actually, let's talk about Dynamite Kid and the Rougeos. <laughs> yeah, and uh, all right, so here's what here's what 
Dave said, he said, do you know why they didn't advertise Punk versus Moxley longer and why why it has such a short build? Because Punk agreed to do it. Then AEW got a legal letter saying he wasn't down with it and wasn't doing it. And they didn't know if he'd come until Tony put his foot down. And there are, you can't argue he willingly did what he was asked to in that scenario because the guy was saying that, you know, that Punk did business or whatever, so why people were bothering him. Um, and then, what else did Dave? Also, he says, in fairness to Punk, he was winning that match in Vegas. He he didn't pull it. He did he did not pull a power play to win the title. Tony wanted the title on him then. And I'm not at liberty to say, but his own words regarding that match of Paige putting Jeopardy to company's first million dollar gate does say something. So, so of course, Dave managed to say nothing. You know, I mean, that last part was that makes no sense. I have no idea what the hell he's talking about, as usual. I mean, he just he just says nonsensical shit. But <clears throat> the part that um, apparently the I guess Punk took offense to when to Dave saying that he said he was going to do it, then he sent them a letter saying he wasn't, and so Punk took offense to that, and that's when he unleashed the the, the rant there, so basically saying that no, that's not true. And uh, Dave has a habit of saying things that people come back at him and say, no, Dave, you're full of shit. That's not true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it happens. And, you know, well, a couple of times he's gotten that he's gotten that response from the 14 time women's champion. <laughs> I guess the, the problem in this whole scenario is the three key players are Chris Jericho, because Chris Jericho, of course, goes into business for Chris Jericho and had to pipe Always. into this whole thing. You got CM Punk let's and you just, got Dave Meltzer. The three least. No, I'm sorry. No, no, keep going. The three least reliable people in this whole scenario are the only three that are involved. Yes. Like, I don't trust any one of the three of them any further than I can throw them, and I probably couldn't pick one or two of them up. So, this is like, it, it's hard to pick this apart and say, you know, I side with this one, I side with that one. Punk is notoriously problematic. Um, but Jericho's also in the Jericho business, and Meltzer's history of just flat-out lying just speaks for itself. Um, yeah, Rob, go ahead. I'm sorry. Here's the question, because... though. <clears throat> Is Punk known to, been, to be a liar? Um, well, he lied about the MRSA. Yeah. Yeah. Um... He lied about the MRSA, and he's not... I don't think he flat out lies. I think he just believes his own shit. He has his version of the truth. Do you believe yeah. his own shit? Of how things went. And he doesn't deviate from his own truth. And like, we don't have to go too deep into the wood, but a lot of things he said on, on the Cole Cabana podcast that I fundamentally disagreed with. And they were his perspective and they were his perception of things. So maybe not lies, but just egregiously bad yeah now dave just dave dave is like ron burgundy he'll repeat whatever somebody tells him san diego is german for a whale's vagina yes i mean that's that's <laughs> yes that, that's dave. dave dave if if somebody tells him that oh well this is what happened then he'll just repeat that shit and <clears throat> <laughs> wait a minute we got <laughs> Cannonball! Yes. So, of course he has the sound bite. <laughs> yes. And look, so, so if somebody tells him, so he'll, he'll, say, he'll say, go fuck yourself, San Diego, if somebody, somebody tells it to him first, okay? Um, so you, you can't, you know, you just, you can't trust Dave because, well, you can trust that somebody told him something. And then he just he just repeats that. Yeah, shit. you know it's what is it? It's um, he. There's there's no culpability. There's no liability there. There's no you know what is it? It's it's um. <clears throat> I forget what it's called. I'm missing the the term I'm looking for. But if if Dave just is going well, you know, uh, sources tell me. But even though he knows that his source is wrong or that he's getting fed misinformation more than fifty percent of the time to still go with it and say that and represent it like that, you know, you're not, you're not really doing anybody a favor. You may think you are because you're getting more people to talk about the wrestling business, but that's why like I'll fervently add that to 
my repertoire of quirks for PC Tunny, the character that I play on these podcasts, is I'm not going to recognize that guy. I'm just not going to do it. And it's what I do with a lot of IWC bullshit. You know, I like to have a lot of fun. I really love CM Punk as a wrestler when he was WWE champion. I thought he changed uh, the, the way that that champion could be, honestly. Um, am, am I just kind of nostalgic is why I want to see him again? Maybe. Is, is it because he's from my neck of the woods, kind of? Probably. But, yeah, he, he's a, he is a punk. And he's tell he told you that already though. He's CM Punk. He he that's the kind of shit we loved. Don't tell me there wasn't a point in time you didn't love a, a CM Punk run, whether it was before WWE or during WWE. Is he good well, for I'll business? Be fair. I, I have he a very is. complicated history with CM Punk as a fan because I I got out of watching Pro Run. My kids were born in 05 and somewhere around I forget the day when whatever whatever year the Benoit tragedy happened, I started to tune out. I was like, okay, I'm a new dad. My priorities shifted. Sure. I got away from watching wrestling. When I started to drift back in was obviously uh Rock and Cena drew me back in like a lot of people, but CM For Punk sure. was the hot ticket at the time. Once in a twice time. You know, and I remember huh? John Cena and The Rock once in a twice time. Once in a twice time, yes. But what you know, I remember having, and I remember watching CM Punk in his early mid card days in WWE because I would float in and out. And I had, you know, my wife, well, my wife at the time, my ex wife now, she would watch it with me. And, you know, he was a guy that we kind of liked. So when I came back to it around the 2010, and, you know, all of a sudden CM Punk's a major player. When I look at him aesthetically, he's had the long hair, the tattoos, the rock and roll music. Like, that speaks to me. Like, that appeals to me. That's the type of person I'm looking at that guy. I'm like, okay, he's not a body guy. He's not a handsome baby face looking guy. He, he looks like he could be just anybody off the street, aside from the fact that he's a phenomenal athlete with talent. And as far as that appealed to me, as far as the looks department, he's the guy that is good looking enough, but co- even cooler that you just don't want him talking to your girlfriend. Right. He's that guy. So I, I was very much on board for the summer of punk. I thought the guy was an incredible wrestler, incredible storyteller, you know, I, but I also found it odd. Cause I remember my first thought was, okay, they're going with CM punk. Okay. I, I'll rock with this. Let's see where it's going. And then just as we got further along and just the, the wheels started to come off the bus and they did what they did with rock and, and Cena and everything. And then I just started following him online. And just the more he started to drop stuff on online, I'm like, What's this dude's problem here? I, and then, then the then the Colt Cabana podcast happened, sure. and at that point, that kind of what I started to suspect. Yeah, what was it? Just was laid bare, and you know, for him to talk about you know the the Undertaker, and because the Undertaker was largely part time at that point, and they're like, you know, they want me to work with this part timer and that part timer. I'm like, pal, it's not like they're sticking you the ring with Barry Horowitz. They're asking you to work The Undertaker. They're asking you to work, you know, Triple H. They're asking you to work some of the the guys who paved the way for you. And that's how you're going to lay this out, is that it's some kind of an affront or an offense to you that they asked you to put over The Undertaker. You guys went out and had the best match on that WrestleMania card that night. And and, and that's an insult to you? No, I, I don't rock with that. You know, I don't fuck with that at all. And, and just to listen, I'm like, what were you going to say? Would you have the same words... For Stone Cold Steve Austin, who he idolized, if if the if the if management came to you and said, okay, you don't have to work the Undertaker, let's get you to work Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold hadn't stepped foot in the ring in almost ten years at that point. You're gonna bitch about that one? Probably not. Are you gonna lay that one out there? Well, I can't work with him. He hasn't worked in ten years. <laughs> Bullshit. You know, don't pick and choose your fucking battles, pal. And at that point, I was I kind of check. And then you know, doing what he did to Roman, and just at that point, I was like, I don't have anything for this guy. Now for me, okay, because um, like DJ, I came rocking Cena. What got me paying attention again? Because I, I had taken just a break from it for a while for a lot of the same reasons. Um, my daughter was born in 2005, also. So, um, and you know, I just didn't have time to really get into it like that. So I had taken a pretty long break, but I got back into it for see rocking Cena, and I hung around. And so I saw the summer of punk. I saw that whole build up, and yeah, and to me, I just was looked at just from a completely objective standpoint. Like, oh, okay, well, this is a cool storyline. I see where they're going with this. Okay, this is good. 
Um, and I really I mean I didn't I didn't really develop any real problem with him. I guess because that's one I didn't hear about the Colt Cabana thing until much later because. I just wouldn't look. I, I wasn't into the shoot interviews and the you know the podcast and stuff like that back then, so I had no idea that that had even happened for a long time. Um, I guess what, what kind of soured me on him is when he after he left, like he did a he did a couple of interviews and when he was training for the UFC thing and he was you know talking about how well, this is real fighting, not fake fighting, and da, da, da. and that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I'm like, dude, the fake fighting is why you get to do the real fighting. Otherwise, they wouldn't. Have, they would have laughed at you when you came there to do UFC. Um, so, you know, what, I mean, I realized you know, things didn't end the way you wanted them to. But, I mean, for whatever ups and downs you had, you know, you, you got to do UFC because you were in because you were recognized from being in pro wrestling. You know, you more got specifically to, WWE. Yeah, because and, you know, former Ring of Honor wrestler right. cm punk is not getting the sweetheart of the deal right. that he got with with ufc twice right. you know it, it just it makes me think of my dad because my dad was in coast guard for 30 years he has good stories he had good stories he had bad stories but at the end of the day he looked at it like you know i was able to provide for my family and have the life that i, I did because i was in the united states coast guard um and i kind of look at it the same way like dude um you know, whatever bad shit happened to you while you were in WWE, you have every right to not be happy about it or whatever. But you shouldn't dismiss the business because your time in the business is what got you this opportunity. And that's what I kind of, you know, that's what kind of soured me on him. Um, and now, I mean, now, I, I mean, to me, it's, it's it's all funny to me now. I laugh at it now because... Like, for example, look, I, I can't stand the Young Bucks. So the idea of anybody punching both of them out in the in, in backstage just to me is hilarious. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they're like, is. they're, they're, they're tiny Roddy Pipers. What do you want me to say? They just won't lay down for anybody. Yeah. And um, I just, um, so to me, I mean, so the whole brawl out thing I thought was just hilarious. And then when he, and then how he just went off at the press conference and just, just unloaded on everybody. <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was just hilarious. I mean, I, I was laughing the whole time I was watching it. I was like, oh, man, this is great. <laughs> um, I, I think CM Punk, one thing he gets, he's very guilty of, and I know this because I was there one time with a job, and I left a, I didn't leave. I was future endeavored from a job about 12, almost 13 years ago, 13 years ago now. He gets so caught up in his own emotions that I think he – engages his mouth before he engages his brain. And I, I think back to something that I did when I was released from this company and I was, I felt like I was a very important cog in this machine. And I was, um, I, I felt like I had a longevity there and, and then I was released and I felt highly undervalued, highly under, underappreciated. And I went on YouTube and I cut a 25 minute promo about this job. And there's, it's a much longer story that another time, another day I can partially tell, but I gave chapter and verse, and none of it was untrue. I had people who were directly involved in a lot of the things that happened during this time period that came back to me and said, wow, I'm glad you said it because I don't know anybody else who would have. But I look back at that now, I absolutely burnt that bridge. Not that I would ever go back to work for that company, but now in 2023, being a 49-year-old man and not a 37-year-old man, I wouldn't do that I wouldn't go back and do that YouTube video today. And I think CM Punk never got past that. He never matured to that level. I was like, okay, you can feel that way and you might not even be wrong, but there's a lot of the way that you say things and a lot of things you just need to just accept and move on from. The older you get, the more you realize you're just creating unnecessary hassle for yourself. Um, but here's the thing with Punk. I think the bigger he got, and the more money he made and the more popular he became and finally becoming actually a part of who is the best professional wrestler slash sports entertainer in the world. He was that in my opinion for a period of time. And I don't, at that point in time, 100%. I, I don't, yeah. And I, I don't think a lot of people would argue that. And that's why, you know, I think he had one of the greatest world title reigns of all time, 
not the, but one of, but I think the lines got blurred between CM Punk and Phil Brooks in his own mind. And I think he still falls into being CM Punk when he gets cornered and he doesn't want, he wants, like you said, the perception to be from his point of view. And the older you get, the more you realize it is just not (laughs) one-sided. There's, there's, and it's not even two-sided, you know, it's so multidimensional. It's just everything, everywhere, all at once. Right. Right. Yeah. My theory on CM Punk is this. I, you know, I was here for the summer of punk. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Most people that I interacted with at that time enjoyed it. But when we look at WWE and and all of the factors that they take in when they consider who's going to be the top star in the company, they have multiple, multiple identifying factors as to who they push to the top. I think while the summer of punk was successful in a bubble, I don't think the summer of punk was as successful as CM Punk thought it should be. Like, it was a great run, but it was not a you're the guy to carry this company into the next 10 years type of run. I don't think it was that type of successful, and I think that's why they started looking at the next big guy. John Cena is going to start to age out in the next 5 to 10. They started looking at Roman Reigns. They started looking at Seth Rollins. These guys were quite a bit younger than CM Punk. And, you know, it just at the end of the day, I don't think the CM Punk run by WWE standards was as popular as it needed to be to make him the guy for any lengthy period of time. And I think I think he was bitter about that. I think he's still bitter about that. And I think that's why he trashed the business the way he did. I think to a certain degree, his feelings were hurt and he was bitter at the fans. I think he truly thought that more people would latch on than did. Is that, I mean, does that make sense? Yeah. And I think, um, because, well, when he, when he was champion, like a lot of times he still wouldn't main event the paper. They had Cena in some other match and, and that would be go on last. And, and I know he, he, he was not happy about that for sure. Um, and I think you're right. Cause what happens a lot of times, particularly look in the IWC, it's a bubble within a bubble within a bubble a lot of times. And there there are people and there are things that are extremely popular within the IWC that are not as popular outside and people don't get it and they don't. And <clears throat> so it looks like, yeah, it looks like, oh, well, Vince not listening to us again, right? And it's like, no, but he, um, they got to listen to everybody. And so... There are people, yeah, there are people who just, you know, it, it didn't get to, you know, um, there are, there were people who still preferred John Cena and that's just what it was. And well, I, I think to a promo that he and Triple H had in the ring one time, and I think in his own roundabout way, Triple H was trying to blur the lines a little bit when he was talking to CM Punk. And they they were really pushing the, we give the fans what they want. We give the fans what they want. And he kept reiterating that. And without actually saying the words, he said the words, you're not what they're looking for. As a whole, you know, Tony liked them. I liked them. I know tons of people that loved CM Punk. But the WWE universe as a whole, in its encompassing self, I just don't think loved CM Punk as much as WWE needed them to love CM Punk. It was an awesome experiment, and I agree with your assessment, Tony. It did change the perception of what a world heavyweight champion could and, you know, honestly should be. I think we can move past the body guys. I think we can go with a guy who's, you know, more middle-of-the-road size, maybe not as... You know what? It's not even moving past something, right? It's adding to the arsenal because you're always going to have a body guy. You're always going to have a big guy that's maybe not in shape. You're always going to have a mid-sized guy that can really talk, but he's not a small guy, right? Like, you're always going to have these things. Um, But now you add the slightly under-mid-sized tattooed anti-culture guy to it, right? You know what I'm saying? It's just like... You continue to add to the list and the repertoire of the storytelling that you can do and the characters you have, right? The more pawn, right. more, pa- more pawns you have on the board, the better you're going to do at the game. Yeah. Now the thing, I guess the thing is, but you can add those, but the reality is, there's they still have a lower ceiling. 
That's up to that's, them. That's up to them. Daniel Bryan broke right through that motherfucker. But even, uh, you know, but even. <sighs> Just my personal opinion, that's... I always found Daniel Bryan to be more interesting than CM Punk. But even, even. Even when I was here for the CM Punk run, I thought Daniel Bryan was more interesting overall. What about a guy like The Miz? That guy makes almost more money than almost anybody that's in the roster right now because he, he, he grew himself. He believed in himself. That's where when you don't have everything else, all the rest of your senses kick in and you kind Okay, of, you let's know, use that comparison. When has The Miz ever been the guy? Never. He's but, been a world heavyweight champion. Well, you but know he's what? never been the guy. Right. He, he was he was quite the guy when he beat John Cena at WrestleMania and retained his title. He was uh, like, Yeah, but he was never the face of the company guy, and that's what CM Punk wanted. CM Punk wanted to be the face of the company. It's funny because thing, the other you know thing what? the Miz didn't do the Miz is, is sit out here and piss and moan about it. The Miz is more of a face of the WWE than CM Punk ever was. The Miz goes they he, they put him out for everything. They they pimp the shit out of him. He is he is underratedly one of the faces of the company right now. If you go past Roman Reigns, no, no doubt. And that but that's my point. You don't have to be. A main event every right. single night. Exactly. And the world heavyweight champion for 7,000 days and 11 team title reigns to be an important part of that machine. And I think that's the nuance that CM Punk missed. It's like, okay, they're not giving you what you want, but you're pretty fucking important. They trusted you to carry the Undertaker's streak at a time when the Undertaker was starting to fall apart. Right. Let's be fair, though. I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying right there. CM Punk is not about any of that. CM Punk is about what he wants and fuck everybody else. And but to that's a certain, what he wanted. And to a certain degree, yeah. that's okay. But yeah, at some point, you kind of lose anything that you really wanted to accomplish because no one's going to work with you anymore. Right. Well, and I think, um, well, I think like DJ was saying, he, he wanted to be he didn't want to be what the Miz is right now. No. He he wanted to be what John Cena was. He wanted to be what Roman Reigns is. That's what he wanted to be. And I think and he felt like he, he deserved... wanted to be some kind of combination of Ric Flair and Stone Cold Steve Austin, pretty much. Like I'm always the champ. I'm always on the top of the card, even if I'm the guy who's the main event when I don't have the title even. Not not I'm the guy who has the title and I'm not the main event. That's what he wanted. That's why he left. And and he felt like he deserved it. He felt and he felt like he felt like he deserved it more than anybody else. I think and because remember on his own little little biography video, he threw a tantrum on camera about because the you know because the Miz was in that main event and he was I mean on one of those basically those little those little puff piece WWE biography movies. Yeah. He went off about the Miz being in the main event of WrestleMania. I mean, He's still bitter about that. <laughs> and it's like, dude, um, yeah, I mean, so he wanted to be what he wanted to be what Roman Reigns is, and not just an important person, not just somebody that they put out there for a bunch of stuff. He wanted to be the best the guy that they put in on the, the poster. World. The best yeah. in the world. And he and that, he felt, that's Shane McMahon, unfortunately, now. And he, well. and he, <laughs> and I think he felt like he deserved that because he was that good. And then I think they, to him, it added insult to injury when they brought back, when The Rock came back, and they just basically said, okay, well, you know, Dwayne's back, so you got to you gotta lose the title, and you got to go do this other stuff now, because, you know, yeah. and I think he took real offense to that. You know, but again, so. it's The Rock. Like, they're asking you to work The Rock. How do you shit all over that? That's still... Blows I'll, my mind. Yeah, the Rock went away. You. The Rock's not a. He's not even at this point. Rock's per diem. He's not even part time. I, I was on scrolling through Twitter today, and it was one of those things where this is the letter of your first name. This is your opponent, and then uh, yes. the month of whatever of your. Yeah, I looked at that one. Your too. cat's birthday is the person you face, and I was ended up in uh, <clears throat> Iron Man match with the Rock, and I almost tweeted out, you know. Uh, quote tweeted, ended up in an Iron Man match with at The Rock. I was going to add him. How the hell am I going to carry his ass for an hour? <laughs> he, I, I mean, depending on what mood The Rock's in today, he might have popped for that or he might have crawled into the bottom of a bottle of tequila. Yeah. So. I was going to finish it with dot, dot, dot. 
if you ever want to come to the world's largest music festival, I'd love to show you a good time. And then like hashtag, I don't even know what his, I don't even know what his tequila brand is, but I would have put hashtag whatever his tequila brand. I think he would have got Terramana. There yeah. you go. So Terramana. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the CM Punk discourse now is very interesting because, to be fair, if he came back to WWE, I would give it a chance. I would. We I all gave it a I chance. In everybody has should be given the opportunity to redeem themselves. But that's the thing. He would have to show me that he's worthy of that. And we we talked about this on the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. When he first came back to AEW, Jason bought in. Like, Jason was like, okay, let's, let's see what this guy does. And Punk came out, and the very first promo he caught was low-key. It's like, hey, look, my head wasn't right. I was at a company that I wasn't happy with. This is how I acted. He took a little bit of personal accountability for it. He didn't take all of it. He didn't take enough of it, but he took some, which was a start. So Jason's like, okay, let me rock with this. I think the wheels fell off the bus within a month. And we were starting to see pattern behavior repeat itself. And now here we are. Does that happen if he goes to WWE, though, back to WWE? I don't think so. Absolutely not. That roster will keep him in check. There are people on that roster that will absolutely body him if he gets out of line. I don't, I don't think he would have. I don't think he would have gotten out of line. I think he doesn't respect AEW like a lot of fans don't respect AEW. Like a lot of people who will probably be leaving AEW before we have this conversation again on a DWI podcast a year from now. And that starts at the top. That starts yeah. with Tony Khan. The so, disrespect starts there. And I think well, he walked in. He's like, you know what? This place kind of sucks. I am an elite athlete amongst. Not saying there aren't some elite athletes there, but when you compare CM Punk's name value to a lot of that roster, CM Punk's your number one guy. And yes, over Kenny Omega. Yes, over John Moxley. Sorry, folks. Yes. You know, I'm saying this as I just spent 30 minutes trashing the guy. <laughs> you know, I but I but I understand and, and acknowledge that 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 for him in WWE, he's another guy. And yes, he brings the, the the CM Punk name with him, and there's a certain amount of cachet there. But you're not coming back and being the same old Phil Brooks that you were 10, 12 years ago. How mad would you be if the episode was named DWI Podcast Number Three Sixty Nine? DJ acknowledges CM Punk. <laughs> well, you know what? You know, go ahead, go ahead and do it. We 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 busted Rob's balls on a couple of titles for the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. It was either going to, well, I got it down to two now. It's either that or it's going to be um, CM Punk, Chris Jericho, and a patty melt with a seltzer. <laughs> a little too long. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but um, man. The title generation probably would be yellow or red on that one. <clears throat> but um, I think it's. All right, DJ acknowledges punk it is. Sorry, Rob, keep going. <laughs> I'm just, just working right, on cool. some show notes over here. No big deal. Nah, no problem. <laughs> no, no, I, had he gone back to WWE, he would have he would have dealt with Vince directly. And look, and look, people respect Vince, no matter what they think of him. Like everybody there respects Vince, man. So he would have dealt with Vince directly. Uh, I don't think there would have, you know, there wouldn't have been any issues. He would have gotten, you know, he would have had his assignments, you know, to do. Oh, he ain't he going would, back with okay. Hunter. No, you're right. Vince, it was only going to work with Vince. Vince, yeah, is, exactly. Vince is a very forgiving man. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's talk about that because Hunter got the ultimate warrior to come back. And you, if you, if you're not familiar, I followed the ultimate warrior back when he had his uh, warrior university and he had his online stuff there was nuclear, nuclear heat with Warrior and Triple H. Like, it was ugly. Like, Warrior was getting up there and saying some downright nasty things online about Triple H. And they still managed to... The the Ultimate Warrior could come back into the WWE fold and work at least peripherally, if not directly, with Triple H. CM Punk can. I think it's easier, and this is going to sound weird, I think it's easier to forgive personal attacks than it is when you just think someone's a piece of shit in the line of work that you do. And I think that's the difference between Ultimate Warrior and CM Punk. I think Triple H realized that 
that kind of shit happens and festers and you get caught up and it's personal and, and you know, whatever a conversation they had, Warrior really seemed to redeem himself for a lot of the personal relationships he had towards the end of his life. I don't know how much he redeemed a lot of the different people he offended uh, along the way as far as, you know, uh, different whatever. But And I think the punk thing, Triple H just thinks he's just not trustworthy. I think there's a big difference there as far as business goes as opposed to personal thing. I think Hunter knew he could work with the warrior business wise, as opposed to CM Punk. I just don't think he, I don't think Hunter could ever fathom a time where he's in charge of what he's in charge of right now. Bringing in CM Punk to WWE. It's not going to happen once Vince left. And I, I kind of, that ship sailed for me. You think that door's closed, like, like closed and locked. Unless the, the newly mustachioed man is secretly in charge. <laughs> I could see Paul Heyman being a uh, being a bridge. I bet you I could see him. Being I bet a you Paul. I bet you Paul Heyman's smart enough to not open his mouth about how he really feels about CM Punk. I'll bet you. Okay. I would bet All if right. you put the truth serum or the laughing gas at Paul Heyman, he would tell you he would absolutely loves and would die for Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. And that he probably wouldn't piss on CM Punk's house if he was sleeping inside of it and it was on fire. Okay. How do you how do you think the relationship between Punk and Heyman was? Well, I mean, I, all appearances. I don't know. I'm not an inside guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm not either. I mean, but they but always... think about it though. Like Punk's a know-it-all, and Heyman's got all this information. I'm sure. Like, I'll bet you secretly. <laughs> I don't know. That's my. I don't have no inside information on that. I have no sources. This is just me conjuring up an idea of what the relationship would be like. Because I think it's one way or the other. I don't think those guys are middle of the road on each other. Bob, you got any thoughts there? Um, DJ doesn't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. I was always under the impression that they they got along really well and they were actually real, you know, uh, that's the impression I always got. At least that's what Heyman always says. Now I'm going all Patty Melton Seltzer here. Well, I don't know. I mean, just, I mean, I'm, I'm only going off of what, what Heyman has said. So, like I said, um, I think he's smart enough. Now, now Heyman is, is notoriously full of shit. Oh, well, Heyman's uh, a worker. Yeah, so he may not be telling the truth. <laughs> this is perfect. Um, this is perfect. This is perfect because I think we've we've pretty much finished our CM Punk conversation, yeah. right? Yeah. One last yeah, yeah, thing yeah. before we before we get into uh we're gonna do trivia today folks we're gonna do it i got trivia for the guys it's a kind of fun little wrestlemania trivia um uh, but one last thing we're talking about paul Heyman. i want to ask you about one thing from raw and it's something i messaged in the dm while i was watching it because i thought it really stood out to me when cody was going back and forth with roman and cody was actually laying it in there going back and forth with roman the way paul Heyman looked at cody he was playing his part, but in his eyes, I could just see Paul Heyman personally being proud and and enjoying Cody's work and who he is and what the stage he's on. And I think I wrote something like, if you can't see how much love Paul Heyman actually has for Cody Rhodes in his eyes tonight, you're blind. Because I just, go back and watch it. Literally, watch, watch Paul Heyman staring across behind Roman Reigns in, at Cody Rhodes. He... And, and this is a great part of the story. You have to believe this. this. is real life. Paul Heyman truly cares about the Rhodes family. He truly cares about Cody Rhodes. Paul Heyman inside will be overfilled with joy when Cody Rhodes raises both of those titles on April 2nd. Rob, you want to go first? Oh, um, DJ don't like that one either. Well, I think, okay. um, well no, I think, well, no, Paul is one of those people like, you know, the same game, recognized game. Uh, when when there's somebody really good on the other end, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, he absolutely loves that. And I mean, there, there are people who basically, there are people who, 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 you know, give it away when they like who was in there with them. Okay. Um, and some people are really obvious about it. Um, and I think he's one of those people for sure. Um and I think honestly, Cody is somebody who 
Well, Cody is somebody who who kind of passes the test in every facet of everything, right? I mean, in talking and working in the ring, and in being a big enough deal that you know anything's possible as far as the way the main event goes. Um, so I think Paul definitely, yeah, he absolutely recognizes that, and enjoys that, and and look and. Like Roman's not burying him on the mic either. I mean, like you know, Roman is just bar- he, there's not a, maliciously. But he, there's he, enough, he's buried a few people on the mic during this run here. There's um, enough shovel uh, usage by John Cena to go around already. Well, but no, I, the difference is I think you no know, Roman. It, it's just he he doesn't. I don't think he goes out there with the intention of doing it. Where Cena, there are times where he goes out there like, oh yeah, this guy's dead. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't I think was, Roman does that. It I was sports entertained. Way. I'll tell you that. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I think look, I think both of them, uh, Roman and Paul, are probably over the moon to be working with Cody, uh, because again, um, you know, Cody can talk, he can work, and he's a and he's a big he's a big deal, and you know, because look when he when he was having matches that match with the guys like Cesaro I'm sure you know, Cesaro's great to work with and all of that but you know I mean that was you know yeah so um this is a different thing and this is you know and look and they probably felt like after you know, after doing the thing with Brock a couple of times they they probably they may not have anybody this quote unquote worthy again and you know so yeah, I'm sure they both. I'm sure they're overjoyed to be working with Cody here, and for this to be going the way it's going. Yeah, I, I gotta agree with you. And you know, Heyman's history with Dusty has to go way, way back. I mean, I'm not that Dusty gave him his first shot, but you know, it's there's history there. And you know, when he looks at Cody, and you think about Cody's trajectory over the last five to seven years, he left WWE a boy, and he came back a man. Like he really did. And, you know, Rob, you, you have to admit the uh, 12 months ago, you specifically on the Mindless Wrestling Podcast uh, had, had <laughs> I know you don't want to bring this up. <laughs> you don't want to bring this up, but it's uh, you guys can go back and listen to that. Uh, Rob went on a, a, a Cody Rhodes ain't shit rant when we first, you know, started to get wind that he was probably coming back to WWE. Here we are a year later, and, and it's very much. Aside from it, removing the injury hiatus that he had to take, Cody Rhodes has delivered as advertised across the board. So, yeah, Paul Heyman having history with his dad, probably seeing Cody literally from being a boy, a baby to a boy to a young man to now a, a man, like a full-blown man in this this new you know reinvention of himself, that Paul Heyman's got to take that very personally. You know, he's got to look at that and say, God, I remember when that kid was bouncing on dad's knee and now look at him. He's in the main event of WrestleMania 39 in what could be the biggest build match in a long time. And he's knocking it out of the park. And and so, yeah, Heyman's going to look at that and you see it and he's, he's absolutely enamored by it. He's enamored by the whole situation. There's this Cody Rhodes thing. Was a gamble. Was WWE? Were the was the WWE universe going to accept him back? Being where he'd been, where he'd gone to, what he started, and then all of a sudden here we are, and WWE fans and and the universe has welcomed him back with open arms. He's not missed since he's been back, and yeah, it's this is this is cool. Like to just to see all the working parts and pieces right now, incredibly cool. And this is one of those things where we could very well get Roman Reigns to a thousand days and beyond and be perfectly fine with it. Or Cody Rhodes could absolutely just crumble the island of relevancy in what nine days? Yeah, it's happening at, at or well, 10 days because they're going on night two. So, you know, it, it, these things could both happen. And both of them would be perfectly fine. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, DJ versus Rob, it's DWI trivia. We got WrestleMania questions. Number 369 is what you're listening to right here on ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com, where we remind you to always use your head and head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the ChairShot. Pick yourself up a ChairShot t-shirt. We'll be right back. 
This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. That's right, it's Blame It on the Alcohol Trivia right here. PC Tony, your host. DJ versus Rob in a death match to figure out who can answer my questions better. WrestleMania version. Obviously, gentlemen, we're on the road to WrestleMania. Are you fellas ready? Uh, ready as I'm going to get. <laughs> Let's start. I'm battling a gen- I'm battling an actual genius oh, here. Oh, you know what? I see what you're doing. I see what you're You're putting over your opponent hard, so when you win, it makes you look even better. We know your tricks, young man. Look at that beautifully bearded wonder over there, DJ. He's ready to go. All right, Rob. We're going to do it. You guys know how it works. Uh, I'm going to ask the question. You're going to write it down. And then we'll show answers together. You're going to have 30 seconds to answer and write your answer down. So please wait until I ask for your answer. First question. Uh, This was worth one point, and I think you both should get this. How many F5s did Lesnar need to end Taker's Mania streak? All right, gentlemen, show me your answers. What did you guys come up with? Uh, DJ says four. Rob, a little higher. Rob says three. DJ. Rob. Yes, sir. Give yourself a point, Rob. You got one point. I'll keep track. Don't worry. Rob. We're on the cuff here, DJ. Making things happen. Blame it on the alcohol is what I would say. All right, here we go. Question two. Are you gentlemen ready? There are two possible points here. Here's the question. Who has competed in the most WrestleMania matches from the female superstar side of the game? And for bonus points, what's their record? Which female has had the most WrestleMania matches and what is her record? Before we get their answers, quick plug. We actually have our own sports trivia show now on ChairShot Radio Network. Triple Grit Trivia, hosted by the Wurtz Brothers, with writers and uh, what junior producers Ray Cash and PC Tony. So there you go. Check that out every Thursday morning right there, ChairShot Radio Network. But speaking of our trivia, what female has had the most WrestleMania matches and what was her record? Gentlemen, let's start with Rob here. Rob's winning. We'll let him go first. Sasha Banks is wrong, um, so we can't give you any points. Charlotte is also wrong. Rob, what'd you write down for the record? One and six. What'd you write down for the record, DJ? Three and two. Yeah, Rob, we're going to give you a point. Natalia's one and six, by the way. Oh, wow. Rob leads two to one. But gentlemen, have no fear. We have one question left. Wait, and DJ, wait, you wait. can. When, when did I get a point? No, I said Rob Lee. Oh, two to none. Two to none. Wait, okay, so wait a minute. So you said Natalia's one and six? Yes. 
That means she and Sasha have seen a number of matches, don't they? Sasha does not have seven matches. Sasha's like yeah. one in Sasha's like one in three or something, one in four. Okay. You'll get back to me and tell me I'm right later. Um <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. There's sixteen possible points for this next eh, yeah. Oh no. Okay. There's twenty possible points for this next question. Oh Jesus fuck. <laughs> I will give All you right. two runs through the Jeopardy. Four cities have hosted WrestleMania three times. Oh, hell. We are coming up. We're coming up on 39, so that hasn't happened yet. What are the cities, and what WrestleManias did they host? Are you kidding me? What? This motherfucker. Wow. What what four cities have hosted the, the, the most WrestleManias three times, and what were the years? What what, right. what what number manias did they did they did they host? There you go. Have fun. This is fun. For me, I'm a sadist. I think I got that right. Right? That's the one who inflicts pain. Yeah. Yeah, DJ, after a quick thought. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, we know how your relationship works. <laughs> Dude, you popped me so hard there. You got another run. God damn it. Get the four cities and then tell me what year, what mania is they hosted. Four? Yeah, there's four cities. Um. You guys are going to kick yourself. I basically I gave you one of the cities. I know one give you one more. People right now are yelling at their listening devices. There's a guy who just got in an accident because he can't believe how you guys can't come up with the answer to this. I got names. I don't have the WrestleMania numbers. Alright. We're almost done here. Rob's got them all. I can see him. Look at it. He's like, oh. Yeah, no, Rob just mopped the floor with me. Rob's like, carry the two. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Cities. What do we got for cities? Let's start with the cities. DJ, give me me, what do you got for your four cities. New York, Miami, Houston, and Toronto. You got New York. Yeah, I got New York. Rob, what do you got? I got I got New York. That's it? Yeah. I thought Dallas was one of them, but Dallas only did twice. So. Shit. So I said, you know, WrestleMania 39 doesn't count because L.A. will now set the record for four times this year. New York hosted WrestleMania 1, WrestleMania 10, WrestleMania 20. I got that but one. Let me mute myself for a minute. I got that one. Yeah, I, I got that one. DJ loves my questions. LA hosted 2721 and they will break the record and be the sole four time hoster um, with 39. Orlando, 24, 33, and 36. And that's in my backyard. God, I'm embarrassed. And does anybody remember a match between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret Hart? Because Rosemont, Illinois is hosted. Three times. Two. That was, oh, that was in Illinois? There were three, 13, and, and 22. Or not three. Wow. Two. Two, because we had multiple cities uh, on two. There you Is go. Is it still time to, to degenerate a new show name? Just call the show DJ in the Mud? You want answers? Answer my question! You want answers? The question, jerk! You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Thechairshot.com. Always use your head.
All right, gentlemen, we're going to get out of here. I'm so glad we did this. I thought that was a really good CM Punk conversation. We kind of kicked it into the main storyline and Cody Rhodes there for a minute. Sorry, I'm a I'm a trivia son of a bitch, gentlemen. What are you going to do? Rob, you won, by the way. Oh, okay. He's, he's, he's Rob's so frustrated by the questions, you don't even care. He's like, I mean, dude, no, he's no, like, no, man, no. we could have ended this show after that CM Punk conversation. I mean, no, no, I just... Um, the, the last question, I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Well, I like to go, I like to go deep. I like to go deep there. All right. Um, I, I don't know. Any, any last wrestling thoughts you guys want to quickly get out if you have any? Uh, uh no, I think I, I spilled it all, you know, this week. So yeah, uh, pretty much. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I, I, I fired every bullet in the chamber this week. So Ladies, Rob has fired every bullet in the chamber. Watch out. Oh, oh boy. On that note, Rob, why don't you let everybody know where they can follow you? <laughs> we might have a new title contender here. Oh, okay, great. Um, yeah, you can you can you can listen to me fire every bullet in the chamber <laughs> at the Rob the Genius Podcast. Hey DJ, add that to your intro for Rob on Mindless. Oh, a man with an empty chamber. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're yeah. welcome. Rob's yeah. never coming. Rob's and never coming on the show again. <laughs> he loves <laughs> women's wrestling. <laughs> Let's get them all out now. Um, what else? Um, um. <laughs> Rob hates women's wrestling so much he went to a meet and greet specifically to see Charlotte Flair, and he said, "Fuck it, I hate women's wrestling," and he never even met yeah, her. I, I, I hate women's wrestling that much. Yes, yeah, so and yes, yeah, so that I. <laughs> anyway um yeah so you, you can hear me there and um on the mindless wrestling podcast with dj here and jason every week and uh anywhere else i might show up because look I, i'm a whore for being a podcast guest i will show up if you have a podcast and you have an empty spot <laughs> give me a call i just may come through okay dj Hey, same thing. I'm on the Mindless Wrestling Podcast with Rob and Jason. I'm uh, at the Mindless Pod on Twitter. Again, just like Rob, I'm turning into a bit of a podcast whore here myself. But it's WrestleMania season. Anybody wants to talk, hit me up. If I can free up time, I'll definitely be there. Tony, this was a lot of fun tonight. Thank you for, for throwing this together. No, you guys had the idea, and uh, we all had the time, so it was great to do it. You can follow me at PC Tony. Follow DP at It's Me DPP. Follow the show at podcast dwi on twitter dwi podcast on facebook until next week i don't know just keep your shit together Chairshot.com. Always use your head. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers.